Housing is probably the most important issue in terms of building wealth in poor communities. If you have a house, you can get a loan and you can build a business. If you don't have a house, you have no access to capital. Two years ago, the average cost of a house in this country was $215,000. Today, it's $400,000. Why did the price of housing go up? Well, one, because of the inflation, because we spent $8 trillion on wars and $16 trillion on COVID, which we didn't have. So they print money, which caused the price of everything to go up. More importantly, there's three giant corporations, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. They also own 89% of the S&P 500. They've now decided to buy every single family home in America. If they stay on the current trajectory, they will own 60% of the homes in this country, single family homes by 2030. You all probably have heard of people who are about to buy a home and somebody comes in with, at the last minute with a cash offer and, and snatches out of the market. Right. And it's usually an LLC with an ambiguous name. But if you trace that up, you'll find it's owned by BlackRock. And because they have a huge bank book, they, the cost of money and interest to them is tiny, which means they can outcompete your children. Your kids mm -hmm. do not have a chance to buy that home because they can't outcompete BlackRock. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. One thing, I'm going to try to change the tax code to make it unprofitable for those companies to compete against your children for housing. Number two, I'm going to make a mortgage available to Americans at 3% interest. And I'm going to do that without raising the debt. And the way I'm going to do it, if you have a rich uncle who will co-sign your mortgage, you can get a very cheap mortgage because the bank is basing the interest rates on his credit score rather than yours. Well, I'm going to give everybody a rich uncle. I'm going to say Uncle Sam is going to co-sign this new class of mortgages and guarantee them at 3%. That will lower the cost of mortgages by $1,000 a month and it will allow them to outcompete BlackRock. And I'm gonna fi finance those mortgages by selling tax-free bonds on the open market. It won't be financed with federal tax dollars and contribute to this incredible debt that we have. And those will only be available to first-time home buyers who will live in that community, who will work in that community. Starting with teachers, because we need to create housing for teachers to keep the best teachers in our schools. So oh, that's yeah. one of the things I'll talk about. I hope they appreciate the uh, the free ad read uh, for his campaign. But now I'm going to go ahead and demolish it. Demolish, demolish the entire thesis that he's functioning off of. As many of you know, I was in the mortgage industry, so this is kind of my area of expertise. Contrary to my attire, I do know what I'm talking about. So strap in. All right. First off, he is right that BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard are financial behemoths, and they do own uh, a tremendous amount of single-family properties. Uh, his his estimate of them acquiring upwards of 60% of single-family properties by 2030, I think, is nonsense. I think that many of them are already slowing their acquisitions because they realize that this market is tenuous at best. Uh, there's there's this huge tendency from politicians to look at trend lines. It's the same exact thing that they do with the the uh, global warming science, if you've noticed. Um, so that that because there is a trend in place that it will maintain itself as opposed to natural market corrections. Now, there's nothing natural about the real estate market. In fact, it's extraordinarily unnatural and totally dysfunctional. The problem is that he is diagnosing uh, much of the problem correctly, but he is prescribing the exact same poison that got us into this problem in the first place that gave us the disease. So you can't do that. You have to you have to pull away the poison. 
and the poison is artificially low capital. That is the problem. You don't remedy it by offering artificially low capital to any subsection of the economy. And you certainly don't do it by offering it to first-time home buyers, which means it's going to be the poorest amongst us, those that have not benefited from the inflationary waves that we've experienced over the past 30 years, um, where our parents all became very wealthy by owning homes. In fact, it is a bailout, in a sense, for the BlackRock State, Black Rock State Street and vanguards of the world because they own a tremendous amount of real estate and they're they're all owning it in this incredibly tenuous market condition where you now have mortgage rates that are approaching 8% or higher on a 30-year mortgage that these guys don't want to they don't want to own all of the housing that's nonsense they wanted to own all of the housing when interest rates were at the zero bound and you were able to borrow a 40-year or a 30-year mortgage around 4% or less that's not the case anymore. The mortgage rates are north of eight in many markets, and that's not going to be sustainable at these price levels. We have record high housing pricing, record high, okay? Higher than 0506. It's the highest it's ever been in our country's history. Do you think that that's sustainable with interest rates having more than doubled on the 30-year mortgage in a year? No, of course it's not. So what is he prescribing here? He's saying he's going to offer them 3% mortgages because they now have a rich, rich uncle, AKA these tax-free bonds that he intends to sell, which I do appreciate he's going with tax-free bonds as opposed to, you know, just guaranteeing it and, and lending them the money from the treasury. <clears throat> that is, that is preferable. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that what this amounts to is it's, he says, he says quite specifically, this will now enable first time home buyers to outcompete the Black Rocks and State Streets and Vanguards when it comes to acquiring these properties. Do you want them to be able to outcompete? Do you know what that means to outcompete? It means that they pay more, that they offered more for that house, that overpriced house. So what does it mean? It means that these, these first-time home buyers will be buying starter homes that are way overpriced. We're talking $450,000 in most markets and way, way higher than that in the markets that I've lived in throughout my life, San Diego, Miami. I mean, we're talking $750,000 for starter homes in some of these places. Do you want the, the poorest amongst us to be basically bailing out these companies that have these huge portfolios of single family properties? That What they're going to do, let me just tell you, as someone who actually managed a portfolio of thousands of houses, I would absolutely and gleefully liquidate my portfolio into this elevated market that is created by this government subsidy where the first time home buyer is coming in and they're they're basically picking up the bag they're saying okay i can finally i can finally buy a house because bobby over here has guaranteed me a loan and i'm going to do that but i'm going to i'm going to offer $500,000 for this starter home and blackrock and state street and vanguard are going to go all right you got it it's yours Good luck. And then on the flip side of that, they're going to start to liquidate and they're going to start to put their, their portfolio into other asset classes that aren't so hyperinflated. These guys aren't idiots. They're not going to, they're not just going to sit there and, and wait for the, the bottom of the market to fall out. They're going to look at it. They're going to do the same analysis. Someone like me, a professional in this market would do. They're going to look at it and they're going to say, okay, this market is overinflated. It's time to move on. Or we're going to, we're going to slowly trickle 
out our portfolio. We're going to sell, you know, 30% of it per year over the next three, four years, and we'll get out entirely. If that, if you think that that's a win, you're wrong. What that means to these guys is that then they take uh, record profits because they bought during the, the down market and they're going to, they're going to end up flipping them for a huge gain, which means that you've now bolstered the balance sheet of some of the worst corporate actors on the planet, if not the worst. And now what does it mean? Now it means that you have all of these first time home buyers who only qualified because of RFK Jr.'s loan guarantee from uncle Sam that are now sitting on these, these houses that they've acquired at the record high price level record high. Do you think it's going to continue to skyrocket from there? I would argue no. No, it will not. Because we still have inflationary pressure. But what is happening on the flip side of that? You have the Federal Reserve, which has been hiking the Fed funds rate at a at a break breakneck pace. You have the 10 year T bills that are are bleeding all over the floor. They're, they're down over 50% in a year. 50%. That is catastrophic. What does that mean? It means that the banks are then in trouble, that they're struggling, that their balance sheets are a mess. So then they have to look at their portfolio and go, do we want to be lending into this market? And the answer, if they're viewing it in a reasonable, prudent, fiduciary-like fashion, will be no. And they'll start to increase their, their the stringency of their requirements for loan applicants. And I'm not talking about the first time home buyers because apparently Bobby's got them at 3%. But then if you've already bought a house, but you want to buy a second home, well, you got to pay eight and a half percent. You ain't going to do that. You're going to just, you're going to bail out of the market. So I agree with him that there's, there is some pressure, some added pressure to the pricing of housing based off of the acquisition, uh, you know, practices of the biggest money managers on earth. But that's not, that's not a, a reason to prescribe more of the poison. It's not. If you want to actually solve this, let me lay out some, it's going to be painful, but I can, I can tell you what needs to happen. And it's not more government intervention. If you just look at the student loan market, what did we get from that? You got, you got guarantees to the least qualified borrowers on earth, which is high school kids, basically 18 to 20 year olds. And you're giving them loans, Government guaranteed, so they obviously are going to qualify. But then what did they do with them? They went and they got degrees that didn't have a marketable uh, value at the end of the road. So then then what? now you have to apply another Band-Aid. So you apply the Band-Aid of the government guaranteed loan. Well, now you have to apply another Band-Aid when they can't pay them, which is freezing them, which is forgiving them, all that stuff. Where does that ultimately end up? Well, it, it does ultimately end up on the taxpayer, does it not? So while he's saying this won't end up on the taxpayer, well, what about when the defaults happen? What about when the banks are underwater on their, their real estate portfolio and they start to liquidate or they start stop lending and then they end up underwater and then they start to liquidate? Are you going to bail out the banks? Probably so. They're too big to fail still. In fact, they're even bigger than they were in 07 and 08. So yeah, they're going to bail them out. And who, who ends up holding the bag? The first time home buyer. And then, and then when the market corrects, who swoops in at the end of it? BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. So you're essentially allowing them to get out of the market at the top, 
put all of their, their capital into bonds or whatever they, they think will be liquid and hold value better than the real estate market, wait for the correction, which will inevitably come. And then they swoop in as the buyer of last resort in a true catastrophic down market. And then they acquire all of these housing units that you thought that you were so graciously offering to these first time home buyers. It's a disaster. It doesn't work. So now let me tell you what would, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pain free, but what would work is to get the, I mean, you have to get the government out of the housing market entirely. You have to allow for the free market to actually set interest rates at a market rate that they would find to be worth the risk. And guess what? That rate is going to be a lot higher than it is today. It's going to be a lot higher than eight and a half percent even because this, this market is at a record high. And as someone who was a fiduciary for private capital, I'll tell you, we were lending at 11 and 12%. It was interest only. It wasn't amortized, but it was still significantly higher than the rates at the time, which were like 7% back then. So we, we had a spread of four to 5%. So you're talking private capital has always historically has always been a costlier way of acquiring real estate because we realized that the market is actually far more dangerous than when you, you know, when you're actual your capital is actually at risk as opposed to it just being offloaded to Fannie or Freddie or any of the, you know, government sponsored entities as they call them. Well, you don't care so much. You just have to make sure that it qualifies to be acquired by one of these GSEs. So that's all you care about. Well, as a private investor with private capital, you care a lot more than that, right? Cause you actually have to get paid back at the end of this. It's a little different. So, you, you expect to have a higher rate of return to justify that risk that you're taking on. Well, that's, that's normal. That's a good thing. That's a healthy market. And what does that mean? It means that it costs more to borrow that capital. And if it costs more to borrow that capital, that means that your purchasing power is decreased. That means that you can't offer half a million dollars for a starter home, because if you're paying 12% interest, well, you're not going to be able to afford those monthly payments, are you? So then you're going to offer three hundred thousand dollars, or two fifty, or two hundred, which, contrary to popular belief, not that long ago, just a couple decades ago, that was a starting home price point. That's actually what you could get them for. It's not that way anymore because the Federal Reserve held held the federal funds rate at the zero bound for a decade plus. It's insane. This entire this entire bubble is created because of government interference in this economy. And let me also add, the other reason that this market has gone bonkers is because of the the contracts that the BlackRock State Street vanguards of the world get from the federal government. BlackRock, if you recall, was put in charge of the, uh, the bailout funds during COVID. They made, I don't know exactly the amount, but I'm sure it was enormous because they were responsible for doling out billions and billions of dollars to the businesses and everything else. They, they, they were put, put in charge of that. So or do you think they're doing it for free out of the kindness of their heart? Fuck no, they're not. They're getting a cut. So you make them more wealthy, right? You make them more wealthy, which gives them more capital to allocate towards the real estate market, which means that they acquire more units of, of housing, which ultimately means that you are actually creating this problem on all fronts. All of it is government created. Okay. So do you, do you fix that? by giving them an, an out. Do you fix that by saying, Hey, Hey, money managers, we're going to, we're going to allow these first time home buyers to swoop in and outbid you for all of your housing units, which by the way, you own millions of these houses. 
Bummer for you, right? No, 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 no. Larry Fink and his boys are going to say, fucking awesome, man. Now I get to sell all of these millions of housing units that I've acquired into the highest market in American history? Hooray. Victory. You get it? I hope you get it. So that's the answer. You have to get the, the Federal Reserve to stop being the baseline rate by which other interest rates are set for private capital or institutional lending. You have to get them out of that game. You get them out of that game, interest rates are automatically significantly higher than they are today. That means that the purchasing power of buyers is decreased. And that means that the pricing of housing will come down to earth. Now here's the downside of it. And I'm sure if you're smart enough, you've already figured it out. That means that price levels are going to come down a lot. And that means that a lot of people that have put their life savings into housing, they're going to be taking a beating. But the reality is the only reason they made that money is because of the government's manipulation into the, into the economy in the first place, and particularly into the real estate market. So while it's unfortunate for them, you have this trade-off that you have to decide what you're going to do. <clears throat> Basically it's arguing it to, to argue for the status quo in this regard is to say the people that benefited the most from the Ponzi, we're going to continue to bail them out to the detriment of everybody that's not involved in the Ponzi to everyone that was smart enough or poor enough that they couldn't be a participant. That's, that's what, that's what RFK is actually arguing for. We're going to, we're going to help the, the biggest beneficiaries of the Ponzi scheme. I say, fuck all that. You don't benefit the participants in a Ponzi scheme. You say you invest in a Ponzi. You're going to take some losses here. That's the nature of investing you done fucked up sorry but what does that mean on the flip side those that were smart enough to save and invest and not purchase real estate because they realized that it was a bad investment they then benefit because then they can be the buyer of last resort then they can be the ones that are acquiring real estate when it comes down in price organically naturally in a real market not to mention if you actually get rid of the the interest rate setting from the federal government, well then BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, they don't have so much capital to deploy anymore because the whole broader market is going to come down to earth. And I know what you're thinking. Clint, my 401k, Clint, my housing development, Clint, my rental property, Clint, my Airbnb, Clint, my primary residence. I get it. I get all of that, but it's not fair. It's not fair to the young people amongst us that will never be able to own a home because this system is propped up as a literal house of cards. House, that was the literal part. Otherwise, it's just a fun metaphor. Um, my, my strong belief is that that is not the foundational building blocks by which you can create a, a strong civilization. RFK is absolutely right that owning a house has been the biggest you know, first step on the ladder for anyone to accumulate personal wealth. And that's a very important thing. And it's a very valuable thing. But the primary reason that it has been so important is because it has been a bull market for 40 fucking years with, you know, big, big trow in the 08 through 10 period. But it has just been a straight bull market ever since, guess what? Ever since we saw the central banks do what they're doing now, 
which is astronomically hike interest rates. And what did that do? It brought down housing to bare bones levels. We're talking 1980 when you couldn't get a mortgage for less than 17, 18, 19%. That's what we need to see. If you want to save the dollar, if you want to defend the reserve currency status of the U.S. dollar, this is the only answer. It's the only answer. If you don't care about that, the alternative is to exit to Bitcoin. That is the only answer on the flip side. Those are your answers. There is no pain-free answer. What he is prescribing is additional pain for the young. I think that is immoral. And I, speaking as someone who owns housing, who has made a fortune off of housing, I'm being honest with you. And I am telling you, this is not to my benefit either. I own housing. It would not be to my benefit for the real estate market to come down. It's the right thing to do, though. And it's the right thing to create a strong foundation for a future for this country. To allow young people to actually acquire real estate that they can afford at a price level that is in alignment with actual market factors as opposed to this bullshit inflationary nonsense that we've been dealing with. And then on top of that, you have to stop the spending from the federal level. You have to. Austerity is here. It has to stay and it has to be absolutely viciously severe. That's the only way you can actually deal with the $33 trillion in debt. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you what would have to happen if you want this to actually be resolved in a true free market fashion. Now I'll tell you what's going to happen. None of that. None of that's going to happen. The only thing that might happen, and I think that this is probably the middle ground that is most probable, <clears throat> is that the federal funds rate will be maintained at a very elevated level. You will ultimately see really catastrophic losses uh, amongst the banks. The banks will stop lending so aggressively into the housing market. The housing market will correct downward. They will experience even worse losses on their uh, loan portfolios or their books as they call them. And then you will see lower entry points into real estate, but it's significantly higher uh, borrowing costs for the buyers. And that will be the opportunity for some first time home buyers, some of the young people to acquire their housing, to start a family, et cetera. But it'll be so catastrophic because the banking institutions are so over leveraged that you will ultimately see a terrible recession, if not a depression, and then probably see the government intervene once again to bail them out. That's the truth. Sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I just like you guys to know like what's most likely to happen. Now, what will happen? Anybody's guess. I don't know what will happen. I'm not, a, you know, I don't have a, a crystal ball here. Um, but I think those are, that's, that's what should happen. That's what they probably will do. And that's what will probably happen. Fill in the blanks between that. I know it's a, it's a rough prescription. None of it's really a, a glowing prognosis for the future, but people were asking, People were asking me, you know, why, why this is a bad plan. I tweeted it out. It went kind of viral. And a lot of people were saying, you're wrong. I mean, they're all RFK junior supporters. They all have no concept of economics and certainly not interest rate, uh, you know, manipulation and what, what that does to an economy, the malinvestment that it's created. They don't know any of this. So I wanted to break it down so that you guys could actually understand it. And I hope that this helps. One other question that someone had for me that was very specific, and I have a very straightforward answer. And I think it's important that I answer it for you guys. They said, 
why is it that there are no other banks out there, you know, private banks? Or, I mean, there's very few private banks, <laughs> first off, and tr like true private, as in they actually use private capital, like depositor capital. Um, they said, why won't they lend at three and a half, four percent, 30 year mortgages? Well, friend, <laughs> very straightforward. You could do that at enormous risk, or you could just buy T bills for 5%, short term T bills. You could lend at 30, 30 years to some dude to buy a house, or you can lend to the federal government at 5% and be able to liquidate within six or 12 months. Which one do you would, which one would you do? Just be honest with yourself. The answer is so obvious. You're not ever going to lend. No, no one will ever deploy capital in a true free market at three and a half to 4% on 30 years fixed. It's the stupid invest. It's the stupidest investment in the history of mankind to do that. It's a terrible investment. So no one's going to do it. And now that the Fed funds rate is is north of five, well, you'd have to be uh, like suicidal to do it, because you would automatically be taking losses on capital and taking on additional risk. So the answer is they won't do it because they're not crazy. Sorry, sorry to break your heart. I just wanted to be very direct as to why. The truth is the expected rate of return on capital in a, in a true free market is going to be eight to 10% annualized usually, because you're trying to make enough return on your capital that it, you know, rule of 72, 8%, you can double it in, you know, 10 years, basically. Like that's, that's what you want to be doing. You're, you're, you're investing, you're delaying gratification. You expect, you expect to have a return on that investment. Why would you do it for less? Otherwise, just sit on it. Now, this is all this is all primarily driven because the inflationary pressures are so high. So if we were living in a non-inflationary environment, perhaps four or five percent annualized uh, expect, expected rate of return would be reasonable. A lot of people would accept that if you didn't expect your savings, the money that you're sitting on to decrease in value over that period. But that's not the environment that we're in. We're, we're dealing with, in my humble opinion, somewhere in the ballpark of nine to 10% annual inflation. So that means that if you want to make an actual rate of return, a realized rate of return, as opposed to, you know, a paper one, you're going to, you're going to need to make more than 10% annualized to make anything real because it's being wiped out by inflation otherwise. Correct? So, if the interest or excuse me, if the inflation rate is nine to 10%, you're going to want to make 12 or 13 so that you can actually make a real three to 4%. Get it. I know this is complicated, but I think most of you guys have been listening to me long enough that you'll be able to follow this. And, uh, that's why an RFK junior, God bless his heart. I don't even think he, I don't even think he's like necessarily doing this out of malice. I think it's probably sincere that he thinks this is the best pathway to try and get more young people, especially since he categorized it saying only first time home buyers will be able to take advantage of this plan. That's not how it works, Bobby. The inventory is owned by the biggest, you know, financial behemoths on earth. They benefit because you're now giving them additional buyers that otherwise would not have been players in this market. They benefit from that. Now, are you truly their enemy or are you their 
unwitting ally. Now, as you can tell, this episode was brought to you ad free because I love you guys and I wanted to uh, I wanted to make you smarter investors, and hopefully that'll benefit you long term in a way that is invaluable. This is a lifetime of education that you got in about 30 minutes, and I hope that it helps. Genuinely, I do. If you want to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com to sign up to become a supporting member of the show. I had a 30-minute uh, segment with Michael Rechtenwald that was only available over there, and I'll try and do more uh, exclusive content over there. I apologize. I have been lacking, but you know, I know most of you are just supporting me over there because you want to, because uh, you love the show. So thank you guys again. If you want to pick up one of these hats, go to toplops.com. All the links will be in the description below. And last but not least, and maybe most importantly, Timcast, IRL, Miami. I will be one of the many, many special guests, including potentially, so I've been told, tomorrow night, Matt Gates will be there. And as far as I'm concerned, he's a hero for what he did. Whether or not it's uh, you know political angling for a governor run in Florida, I don't care. I love it. I love it. Go for him. Go for Kevin McCarthy. I loved it. Um, but yeah, it'll be me, Luke Rakowski, uh, Josie, uh, you know, Ian, the whole, the whole Tim Pool, obviously, Patrick Beck, David, it's going to be awesome. And, and this is the most important part. If you use code lockdown, you'll get 20% off the ticket price. So I don't get paid anything for this. I just, they offered that to me for my audience to get a discount. I know it's last minute notice. But they had a handful of tickets still uh, available for sale, so they gave me a promo code for a discount, and I was like, "Well, let me let me send this out to my audience on a late on a Thursday night, and you guys can hopefully, if you're in the area or within a uh, quick flight, you guys can come down. It's going to be an awesome show. I cannot wait, and I can't wait to meet you guys. So I'll uh, I'll link to the tickets down below. Promo code lockdown gets you twenty percent off. I make nothing off of it. This is just to help get more of you guys out there, so I can meet you. I love it." And uh, last but not least, hit the like button, leave a comment. If you think I'm wrong, if you think RFK's got this nailed down and that he's economically more savvy than I am, please, you know, let me know. Let me know why. I'd appreciate that. And last but not least, share this around with people, uh, particularly young people in your life, so that they can understand really what they're up against when it comes to the real estate market and why it's uh, so out of reach for them as, as it currently sits and why they should not be advocating on behalf of RFK's plan, it will be, I assure you, it will be to their detriment in the long term. So I hope that helps. See you guys soon. Hopefully see you tomorrow night at Timcast IRL Miami. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?